the world has sort of moved them to instead of commandments, but suggestions. When we look at this passage of Scripture, we identify the uh, Ten Commandments here, and tradition says that on the first uh, table of stone were the first four commands uh, that were given, and those first four were dealing with um, man's relationship with God. We look at uh, verse 12 through 17, and we have the uh, verse, we have the fifth command down to the tenth command. And with that, those last six commandments were uh, dealing with uh, man's relationship with other men. It is man's relationship together and how to uh, properly uh, to properly live. And so in these commandments, uh, we find the first of those commandments uh, here in verse number 12 on that second set. He says, honor thy father and thy mother uh, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Now notice here when God is going to start dealing with human relationships. He starts with the parent-child relationship. We're continuing our series on they call it home. If we can't get that relationship right, if we cannot have a relationship of parent and child right, how are we going to have a proper relationship with a heavenly father that we cannot see? You know, parents, your relationship with your children and rearing your children, it is not just so life will be smoother for you. It's not just so your kids don't embarrass you. Have your kids ever embarrassed you? Man, my kids have embarrassed me. And I know that I have embarrassed them probably more times than they have embarrassed me. But, but with that, uh, sometimes it's, it's more on how our kids act because of how it reflects on us. But the truth is, we're not rearing them just so they can reflect well on us. We are rearing them so they know how to properly respond to God. That relationship in the home is vital. And here he starts with honor thy father and thy mother. So with that, he starts with the follower and the responsibility starts with the, with the follower in what they are to be. Just like when we go to Ephesians, uh, it is children, obey your parents and the Lord for this is right. It starts with the children. Now, he's not going to stop there. He's going to go on and he's going to get to the leadership. Uh, he's going to get to the parents. Uh, but, but with that, he starts with the follower. And so, young people, tonight, uh, you would think that this message is to you, but really, it's not. It's sort of a reverse because our society has reversed everything. God says children are to honor, he said, honor thy father and thy mother that thy days may be long. So tonight I want to speak to you on the subject, who do I honor? Who do I honor? 
This is the 13th message in the series, uh, They Call It Home. And let's pray together. Father, I pray that you'd help us tonight. Uh, thank you for your blessings. Thank you for the wonderful day that we've had already and for the people that we get to serve alongside. And I pray tonight you would help all of us grow. There are people here that uh, have children still at home, those that have yet to have children, others whose children are grown, uh, grown and out of the house. Uh, help all of us to be able to take what we learn and apply it to our relationship with you. And so help us tonight, please. For Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. The devil is a liar. He's a liar. Uh, the devil is a counterfeiter. Everything that God is, the devil wants to counterfeit. He wants to have that, uh, that relationship. He is a liar. He is a deceiver. He is a counterfeiter. Everything that God has, the devil has a counterfeit for it. Uh, uh, he, has, uh, he is a counterfeit God. He has counterfeit Bibles. You say, well, Pastor, how come there are so many Bibles? It really doesn't matter which Bible you have because they all say the same thing. If they all said the same thing, why would we need another Bible? We go back to the, uh, the very fall of man. What was the first thing that the devil questioned? Yea, hath God said. The very first attack was on the authority of God's word. And that battle is still going on. Amen. Uh, people will, will come and they'll see on our website, King James Only. I is King James Only. They've got all those these and thous, and it's so hard to understand. I know our four-year-olds that are memorizing Scripture, they have such a hard time with it. No, it's not that it's hard to understand. Uh, it is different. But as we read the Word of God, as we study the Word of God, as we memorize it, what do we find? We find that uh, it, uh, it impacts how we live, and it impacts our life, and it, it opens up our understanding. But he has counterfeit Bibles. Uh, the the uh, NIV is a counterfeit Bible. It's a counterfeit Bible. Go in and look and see who owns the NIV rights. The property rights to the NIV is owned by the same guy that owns Hustler magazine. He could care less about the word of God. It's about money. It's a counterfeit. And all across Scripture, we see, we see how God's word is always challenged. Uh, and so I don't know why we got quiet right there on that. Uh, I preach out of the King James every week, uh, have done so for 13 years, and uh, there should have just been a, an overwhelming amen on that. And those that are just learning, that's okay. I'm okay with that. But, but, let's, but let's hang on to truth, okay? All right, so he is a counterfeiter. Uh, he has counterfeit truth. He has counterfeit churches. He's got counterfeit churches. All the churches aren't the same. He has a counterfeit church. He has counterfeit 
Christ. A Jesus that is just a good man is not Christ. A Jesus that was just a good prophet, that's not, that's not Christ. And so what is promoted, the devil, he has counterfeits, and he, he is a deceiver, and he wants to deceive. He wants to destroy. So he has counterfeit churches, counterfeit Christ. That's what antichrist is. He has counterfeit preachers. He has counterfeit preachers. He has hirelings. He has false prophets. Now, it's amazing, and don't get quiet on me, but it's amazing I get more backlash from Christians when I reveal who false prophets are than any other thing. Why is it that Christians get defensive of false doctrine, false preachers, and false churches? Why would we defend that? We're not supposed to defend that. We're supposed to expose that. But we get to a place, and it has to do with relationships because we know people that are Mormons or Jehovah's Witnesses or Catholics. Uh, and we, we see them and we love them. And, and I am not saying that they are a horrible person, but their doctrine is wrong. It is untrue. It is false. And so, uh, so when we, we look at that, uh, we, we find the devil is throwing all of this out. Why? Because broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. Straight is the way. Narrow is the gate. And what do we find? We find that that narrow way, that narrow gate, uh, people get offended by it. But I preached on that this morning. Jesus said, I am the way. Truth and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So the Catholic Church and their priests and their, uh, their confessionals and their transubstantiation, nobody's going to get into heaven with paying for an indulgence or saying the rosary or confessing to a, a priest. No, they're not going to get into heaven that way. There's one way. And there are going to be Catholics in heaven. I believe that, but it will be in spite of the Catholic religion, not because of it. And same thing with Mormons, same thing with Jehovah's Witnesses. I believe that there are people that have accepted Christ and then were deceived. Uh, and so uh, we're not attacking the individuals, but the doctrine is not true. It is, it is false doctrine. Why? Because the devil is a counterfeiter. He's a counterfeiter. Uh, I told you the story before. Uh, take the offering down to the, the bank before we had the uh, uh, direct deposit and, uh, or the uh, night drop bo box. And, and so I'd walk in and take the, the, uh, uh, the bank bag in and give it to the cashier. And uh, she'd open it up and start counting out the money. And she was flipping through the cash. And all of a sudden, she threw a bill to the side and said, counterfeit, and kept on going. And she just handled so much money. As soon as something was not right, she knew it wasn't right. Sometimes we get in the idea that I need to know what all these other false doctrines believe. No, we just need to know what truth is. And as we know what truth is, truth will help us 
point out and, and recognize when something is not right. But we see that there are counterfeit uh, preachers. We see that there are counterfeit uh, uh, religions. Uh, but the, the false teachers, uh, the Joel Olsteins, he's a false teacher. But he makes me feel so good, Pastor. He's a false teacher. The, the, the uh, Joyce Myers, false teacher. The Andrew Stanleys, he's a false teacher. And there are many, and I'm not, the message isn't just about that, but what we see is the devil is a deceiver. And he has that counterfeit. He has a counterfeit for everything that is good and trying to be that deceiver uh, to confuse people. But not only does he have counterfeits, he reverses the order of things. Some of you are trying to figure out, Pastor, where are you going? I thought we were talking about children and home and where's this all going? It's going to pull together here in a second. I've got about two points and about uh, 30 minutes of introduction. Uh, no. Uh, but uh, he, he has counterfeits, but he reverses the order of many things. Marriage. Marriage. God has a plan for marriage. Man, it's woman. The world does not have the right to redefine what God defined. He's a counterfeiter. He is a deceiver. Not only has God chosen what marriage is, he also defined intimacy in marriage. And intimacy is after marriage. He reverses the order. He changes the order. Why? Because he's a deceiver. He is a deceiver. So we have marriage, then we have children. That's God's order. And it hasn't changed. So God defined marriage. He defined home. He defined relationships. He defined intimacy. And the devil has flipped all of these into a different order and our society has embraced that and it's destructive. God's ways are the right ways. Good people can make bad decisions, but we have to at some point choose to follow the Lord. Every one of us. But not only do we have to choose to follow the Lord, we also have to choose to stand for what is right. Nobody can make that decision for you but you. And the deceiver wants to get you to question God. He wants your life, he wants your living, he wants your relationships to imitate his plan instead of God's plan. So with that, God defines uh, what things are in life. The devil, he, he counterfeits, but he also reverses the order. Uh, marriage, he also uh, defines, uh, he wants to reverse the order of work and earn. Work and eat. He wants to flip it. 
oh, I should be able to eat and I shouldn't have to work. God's plan for society, his order, the devil flips everything. We see it across the board. We see how the devil's deceitfulness is destroying our nation. Let me tell you, he is after your kids. Parents, the devil is after your kids. He's after them. And if we don't stand for truth and we do not teach truth, then we have a 50-50 chance with our kids. I'm not, I'm not okay with a 50-50 chance. I'm, I'm not okay with gambling on whether my kids are going to just, well, you know, I'm going to let them make that decision. How many times do we hear that? Well, you know, uh, you know I'm just going to let my kids decide. You don't let them decide whether they're going to school. Hopefully, you don't let them decide whether they're going to brush their teeth or take a bath. Why would we want them to be able to make these life decisions when they don't even have the wisdom yet? So, so the devil, he is a deceiver. So he, he reverses the order. So let's go back to Exodus chapter 20 and verse number 12. Exodus chapter 20 and verse number 12. Parents, honor thy children that thy days... That was the NIV, I'm sorry, yeah. Does it say, parents, honor thy children? Parents, I need you to look at me for a second. Too many have turned to their children are letting their children make the decisions. The, the suggestion here, oh, oh no, it wasn't a suggestion. The command here was children, honor thy parents. It wasn't parents honor thy children. Now, I'm not talking about being abusive. I'm not talking about disregarding your children. I'm talking about someone has to be in the right position. And if you have children in the home, you need to be the boss. Let me say that again. If you have children in the home, you need to be the boss. The parents need to be in charge. Why are we quiet right now? Why are we quiet? Because we've, we have allowed the world to influence us and we don't even realize it. You know what your kids need? Your kids need somebody to give them those boundaries that Charlotte just spoke about. Or I'm not sure it was Charlotte or Kiona. Need somebody to say, this is the way, walk ye in it. Amen. Unapologetically. Amen. Here, we're talking about the home. And with the home, there has to be order. And God chose in the Ten Commandments, He's giving ten. And before He says, Thou shalt not commit adultery, before He says, Thou shalt not kill. He said, honor thy parents. 
There is, there is an emphasis on the parents being honored by the children. The children lifting up the parents. The children respecting the parents. And it's important. Because if, we can't, if they do not respect you, they will not respect God. If they do not respect you who they can see, they will not respect God whom they cannot see. Well, I just don't want to drive them away. If you, if, if you can't even be the authority in the home, then you've already lost them. We've, we've got to get things in order. So children, uh, that order of children and parents, it's been reversed. Uh, Christian parents uh, have followed the counsel of the ungodly, uh, which we find condemned in Psalm 1. We are not to follow the ways of the world. We are to follow uh, God's word. And with that, uh, what do we find? We find the, the order is in proper place. Proverbs 19, 27, the Bible says, Cease, my son, to hear the instruction that causeth to err from the words of life. Uh, there, we are not to allow, uh, as, as children, uh, we are not to hear instruction that is going to lead us in the wrong way. Uh, your children should not hear instruction that is and is it against the principles and the teaching of God's word? That, that teaching, the instruction that's given should be in accordance to God's way, God's plan, God's order. And so uh, with that, uh, we can't allow the, the Dr. Phil's and the dear uh, Ann's and uh, whoever else on Facebook or YouTube uh, to determine how it is that we are going to operate our homes. And let me, let me just say this, uh, moms, uh, especially you with young children, quit going to Facebook for counsel. Don't go to YouTube for counsel. The Bible says that the older women are to teach the younger women. That's Bible. That's Bible. We see how going to peers for counsel is, is revealed with uh, Rehoboam and how he rejected the counsel of the, the old men and he embraced the counsel of his, his peers. And what happened? The kingdom was divided. Uh, and so uh, the destruction that comes there. So parents, uh, we are not to be honoring our children. The children are to be honoring the parent. That's God's order. So, so with that, uh, the, uh, the tr children are to be obeying and the children are to be honoring. All right? And you boys and girls, you teenagers, you are to honor your parents. And let me say this, all of us are to honor our parents. Now, when you become an adult, you cease to have that responsibility of obedience because you are no longer a child. But the responsibility of honor continues. God wants us to show uh, honor. So, uh, but parents, uh, we, we see in our society everything has shifted to whatever Junior wants. Instead of 
what mom and dad thinks right. Junior doesn't know. I mean, they, they say now that a, an, a, a child or a person's mind is not completely formed until they are 24 to 25 years old. That is science. Before the science came out, the insurance companies had already figured that out. That's why they had the 25-year-old for the insurance, and you are at higher risk. Uh, Why? Because those that were under 25 were a lot more uh, risky. Uh, They were not as responsible. And so uh, the insurance, they had already figured it out by the dollar uh, before science figured out uh, about uh, the formation of the brain. So all of you that are under 25, no, I won't have you stand. Uh, so, uh, but anyway, uh, that, that is, that is uh, why would we then go to a, to a child? Why would we go to a teenager and think that they have enough insight and wisdom to make decisions on their own? God isn't going to hold them responsible, mom and dad. God will hold you responsible. He will. So, so here, when we look at this, who do I honor? So, so several things here, and this is going to be directed toward the parent. Number one, require respect from your children. Require respect. Now, it's a lot easier when your children are small. And those of you that have teenage children, hang on. Those of you that have teenage children, You are in the most vulnerable age of making bad decisions. You know why? Because you want peace. How many of you want peace? I want peace. That's why I let her do whatever she wants to do. No, all of us want peace. Mom ain't happy, ain't nobody happy, all right? Uh, So, uh, no, we want peace. And sometimes... It's amazing to watch, watch young families. They do great up until junior hits 13, 14, 15. And now all of a sudden they're bucking everything and you just want peace. You want to give in just so there's peace. Let me tell you, you give in, there's not peace. Require respect. They don't have to like everything. But they have to be respectful. Don't accept anything less. Now, how can I get them to be respectful? If you're asking me that, you've already lost a lot of ground. And you might need to back up and have some conversations, mom and dad, conversations. And then you need to back up in our home. Okay, we've let some things slide. And when you are addressed, you are going to look at us. You're going to look at us in the eye. I don't want to hear a yeah. 
Boy, it's quiet. When you get into the military, they let you just respond any way you want, right? Yeah. No, there's protocols. What are we training our children for? Life. Life. Require respect. Look me in the eye. I want a yes. I want a no. I want it respectful. You will not yell at me. You will not yell at mom. There's, there's no way around that. Require respect. You know what happens when we have respect? And it is, it will be mutually given. As your children give you respect, you need to make sure that you give them respect. You treat them proper, it will be a lot easier for them to treat you proper. But if you yell, don't be surprised if they yell. If you are condescending, don't be surprised if they're sarcastic. So we've got, to, we've got to work on that in our home. We want to train our children to be able to succeed. We're training them for life, but, but not just so they can succeed down here, but so they can be the person that they need to be so they have the right relationship with the Lord. So require respect from your children. Have manners. Amen. If they burp, say, excuse me. Amen. Please. Thank you. No thank you. That's important. And so developing and showing, having manners, require respect for your children. Number two, require honesty from your children. Honesty. If they lie to you, they will lie to God. If they lie to you, they will lie to their spouse. Oh, we're not talking about them being married. Oh, yeah, we are. Yeah. We're preparing them for life. We're preparing them for the relationships of life. So require them to be honest. If they are caught in a lie, do not disregard that. They have to understand. Telling a lie was automatic corporal punishment. You say, what was that? They got swats. They got their mouth washed out with soap. David, what was that? What kind of soap? Iris Spring. He said, well, that's just not healthy. He survived. He's doing pretty good. And he's got fresh breath, yes. <laughs> Consequences. We've listened to the world for so, on so many things that we stand for nothing. And then we wonder why our kids lie to us. 
We wonder why they're dishonest with their employer. We wonder then why they get fired from their job and their marriage blesses in pieces because there's dishonesty there. Uh, Because we didn't train it and teach it in the home. It's not just about now. I like what Miss Bethany and Brother Jay, are you making good decisions? You know what? Right off the bat, they're teaching the kids to have critical thinking and personal responsibility for their actions. It's important. So don't, dis, don't disregard that. So require uh, honesty from your children. Dishonesty is dishonoring. Dishonesty is dishonoring. Number Boy, everybody's enjoying this message tonight, I can see. Number three, require obedience from your children. Require obedience. They don't have to like it. You know what? I didn't care if my kids liked it. You say, oh, pastor, you just weren't, you, you, were, you were just too hard on them. Maybe so. but I'm sure proud of all three of them. Require obedience. If they're not going to obey you, they will not obey God. Obedience. If they don't obey you, and they think that they can disregard your rules, then they're going to disregard the rules at school. And, and let me tell you, uh, parents, if your kids get in trouble at school, they should get in trouble at home. It shouldn't be that the kids get in trouble at home and now the parents are upset at the school. I tell our teachers, you did not give that child the demerit. That child earned that demerit. They asked for that demerit by not following the rules. You know, and that's, that's the truth. If, if your child breaks the rules and there is a consequence for that, it's their responsibility. It is their, that was their decision to violate that rule and consequences were consequences that they asked for. They earned them. Now, if that's going to be the case, there has to be rules. And you have to be consistent. So if they can do something and one time get away with it and the next time uh, all of a sudden get hammered, uh, that just, that, that breeds confusion. They don't know where they stand. And it can't be based on whether or not mom or dad got a good night's sleep. Uh, it has to be, there needs to be rules established, but require obedience. So Ephesians chapter six, let's go there. Ephesians chapter six, verse number one. Ephesians 6, 1, very familiar passage. When our children got in trouble after they were disciplined, they had to quote this verse. Y'all, pastor, that's just, you've used the Bible as a weapon? No, we were trying to ingrain God's word in their mind to where they understood God's ways had to be followed. 
All right? So Ephesians 6.1, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. This is right. And children, you are supposed to obey, obey your parents in the Lord. You say, well, they're, they're, not, uh, they're not always what they're supposed to be. No, you obey them because of your relationship to the Lord. You obey them in the Lord. Why? Because it's right. Now, you should have honor to your parents, and you should obey them because they're your parents, and you honor your parents, you respect your parents, but if you cannot follow them because of who they are, you should follow them because of who God is. And your respect for God should result in you being obedient to your parents. All right, Deuteronomy chapter 21. Deuteronomy chapter 21. You think I'm hard. Deuteronomy chapter 21. Verse number 18. David is glad that this was not in, in effect <laughs> when he was a teenager. All right. Deuteronomy 21, 18. If a man have a stubborn and rebellious son, which will not obey the voice of his father or the voice of his mother, and that when they have chastened him will not hearken unto them, then shall his father and his mother lay hold on him and bring him out unto the elders of his city and unto the gate of his place. And they shall say unto the elders of his city, this our son is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey our voice. He is a glutton and a drunkard, and all the men of the city shall stone him with stones that he die. So shalt thou put evil away from among you, and all Israel shall hear and fear. Wow. I'm glad my mom didn't know this verse. I wouldn't made it out of the uh, seventh grade. But what do we find here? We find absolute consequence. And you say, well, that's just too harsh. This is someone that did not respond to chastening, to teaching. And they rejected that teaching. And what do we find? We find capital punishment. And in that capital punishment, what do, we, what do we see the result of it? It says, and the men of the city, city shall stone him with stones that he die, colon. So now the explanation, why are we going to do this? So shalt thou put evil away from among you. And all Israel shall hear and fear. You have teenagers in your home? and one teenager isn't listening and disregarding you, and you think, well, the other ones are listening. They're listening for a little bit. But the older sister, the older brother's getting away with it. Guess what? They're not fearing. They got away with it. You know what's going to happen? They're going to follow in suit. What happens in a city when we defund the police? Yeah, hello. 
You remove that law, you remove that consequence. You look at San Francisco now, and, and the law that if you, if you steal under, it's $930 or $950, as long as you steal under that $950, uh, you don't even get arrested. So what happens? We got all these flash mobs going in, breaking into stores, taking everything out, no consequence. You know the way to, to stop that? All of a sudden there is consequence for that action. You light up the electric chair, you know what? Homicides are going to slow way down. You know why? Because people will see, hey, if I do this, there is a consequence. And that is, that's a reality. No consequence, no boundaries. So, require obedience. Number four, require answers. Require answers from your children. If you speak to your children, you deserve an answer. You tell them something, they should answer you. Answer you respectfully. How many of you have ever employed somebody? Have you had an employee that disregarded you? I have over the years. You know what? They don't stay an employee. Right? Don't let them get away with not responding. Amen. If you speak to them, they owe you a reply. If you give them a direction, they owe you a response. Amen. It's preparing them for life. Say, Pastor, you're making a big deal out of nothing. It's not nothing. We are seeing a gener have seen a generation that has no boundaries. We've seen a generation that has no respect for those in authority. And now when they are in charge, oh my goodness. What a mess. So so we need to make sure that we are preparing them. You say, well, why should we be doing this? This is this is God's God's plan. God's plan. So require answers for your children. So uh, you do not owe your child a reason. That employer that tells them to go do this or that, that employer does not owe the employee a reason. And they're paying them. Just get after it. Now, I'm not saying that we don't want to give our children reasons. As they get into those teenage years, we need to be explaining, but we don't explain because they demand it of us. We explain because we want them to understand why we do what we do. We want to, them to understand we are preparing them for life. So uh, give them a direction. Uh, make sure that 
they give you a response. The authority does not owe the follower a reason. With Franklin, did you, did you owe your airmen a reason for the orders that you gave? No. No. Now, you had the opportunity and the, the opportunity to share that with them if you chose to. But sometimes you didn't, number one, have the time or nor did you have a reason. And the same thing in life. Now, I'm not saying being demeaning to our kids. We already talked about showing them respect and they show respect back. But we need to have our roles clearly defined. And the role of the parent, they are the one that's to be in charge in the home. Not the other way around. The kids don't determine whether they're going to church. You say, well, they're adults. If they're in my home, they're going to church. Amen. Amen. Man, I just lost about 90% of you on that one. So the authority does not owe the follower a reason. Uh, we're preparing for them for life. Uh, and so uh, God does not owe us a reason. So our preparation, our preparing our children is not just preparing them so they can have a good job. We are preparing them so they can have a proper relationship with God. Not just so they can have a good job down here. So uh, God doesn't owe us a reason. And with that, he does give us teaching. He does explain things in scripture. He gives us examples. And we have that opportunity to do that, but we don't owe that. And we need to make sure that as the kids, though, as, as they are uh, responding, they requ- you should require answers from your children. Uh, yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Yes, sir. No, sir. You say, you made your kids say, yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> I did. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Excuse me? We didn't, we didn't just let them get away with it. Why? Because we are trying to help them be the person that they're supposed to be. You know what happens? When they know how to treat uh, other people and they are respectful, you know what that's going to put them? That's going to set them aside way above the crowd. It will set them so far above the crowd. And you know what? Any employer that's listening to, yeah, eh, sure, eh, yeah next and you have somebody that's going to look you in the eye yes sir no sir asking questions knows how to conduct themselves that's what we're we're preparing them for life so let's allow that responsibility that honoring thy father and thy mother uh, that is just setting the, the groundwork right there so require number five Lastly, require their schedule to revolve around your schedule. Require their schedule to revolve around your schedule. 
Now, say, Pastor, what are you talking about? I'm talking about their nap time should not override church. Well, you know, schedule's important, and schedule is important. But your schedule should not revolve around theirs. Their schedule should revolve around you. You know, life does not revolve around junior. Now, when our kids had sports, you have kids involved in sports. Man, you talk about soccer moms and all the other things, trying to uh, get them places. And, and, and I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you as a parent determine what is going to happen, and they mold around what you decide is going to happen and not the other way around. Why? Because the world does not revolve around them. And when they understand that, that helps them put things in proper priority. It's not just about who gets whose way. Because there are times where you are going to do what your child wants, but it's your choice to do so. It's not them demanding what they want and when they want and how they want. It needs mom, mom and dad need to be the one that's guiding the ship and choosing and deciding which way to go. So with that, revolving their schedule, uh, require their schedule to revolve around you. You should be serving God, mom and dad. You should be serving God. And your schedule then should revolve around what God would want for you. And what happens then? The kids come along for the ride. Amen. You say, well, what if they don't like it? Who cares? Our kids, they were on a bus route while they were still in a car seat. They were in a car seat and they were on a bus route. He said, well, you're a pastor. I wasn't a pastor then. I was a lay person. And with that, just you serve the Lord and the kids come along. You know, when we look in the Old Testament, the kids did what they were born into. If your parents happened to be Levites and you were a boy, guess what? You worked at church. If, if your parents were Kohathites, if you were of the tribe of Kohathite, the Kohathites, you were carrying around all the things for the tabernacle. God knows where you are, mom and dad. And his will for you will impact your kids. And your serving the Lord is part of the training for your children. So their schedule then will revolve around your schedule. And what do we find though? So often 
parents don't serve the Lord because of what Junior has going on. Backwards. I need to be serving the Lord because God wants me to serve the Lord. And in my service for the Lord, then, there's going to be opportunities for Junior to serve the Lord and for him to see that example. Boy, we're getting quiet again. And with that, they are going to learn how to serve the Lord. What a blessing. What a blessing to be able to see that. Uh, and so uh, with that, we need to make sure that we are allowing ourselves. we serve the Lord. Uh, our kids then, they're going to serve the Lord, come alongside, serving the Lord along with us as we serve. Uh, the Bible says, train up a child in the way he should go. How are we going to train them up uh, to serve the Lord if we are not serving the Lord? Amen. Oh, I'm going to let some of that go. So Proverbs 22, 6. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, some of you have children that have got away from the Lord. This principle of Scripture does not say that if you train them up, they won't go astray. What are they not going to go away from? They're not going to go away from that teaching. They can't get away from it. Why? It's truth. Now, when they're in your home, you are responsible for how they conduct themselves. When they are on their own, now they are directly responsible to God. So we need to be doing everything that we can do to help them be the person that they need to be. Train up a child in the way he should go. Now, we want to see them go in the way that they should go. But there's personal responsibility there. Now, sometimes parents will beat themselves up if a child goes wayward. And there is personal responsibility as parents. Trying to figure out what, what did I do? What didn't I do? Maybe I should have done this better. Excuse me. I should have done that better. But at some point, there's personal responsibility for their own actions. When you look at, when you look at Cain and Abel, when you look at Adam and Eve, who was Adam's? Father. He sinned. Was it God's fault? Got quiet again. Was it God's fault? No. Personal responsibility. So there is a time where there is responsibility for you in the leading of your children, the preparing of your children, but then there comes a time where they have to make those decisions on their own. And with that, we as parents pray, be faithful. You continue being who you're supposed to be. And that teaching, that truth that they received, 
They can't get away from the truth. They might disregard it. But the Lord has a way of bringing people back. And sometimes, after we go our own way, we find, we find the condition of the prodigal son. He went to that far country. He wasted all his substance and riotous living. He came to himself. And then what did he say? I will arise and go to my father. What? He was going to go back. He knew where he could go back to. That's why it's so important, parents, to stand true to truth. Stay faithful to God. Even if you have a child that goes wayward, stay faithful to God. If they should know where they can come back to, if you're not where you're supposed to be, where are they going to come home to? And so, uh, just following that. So, Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. So, roles get reversed. The devil reverses things. And we see generations of, uh, of parents now just wanting to, to do whatever the children desire. And God's ways are just the opposite. And the parents make those decisions. The parents are the leaders of the home. And when parents will fulfill their roles, that helps the children understand their roles. And so when we keep things in proper perspective, proper order, then everyone wins. Father, I thank you for your goodness. I pray that you'd help us tonight. Uh, bless our homes. Help them to be what they need to be. And help us, Lord, to recognize uh, that even the relationship of parents and children, uh, it is a relationship to help us understand how you treat us and how we are to honor you. And so uh, help us tonight. Uh, may each one of us look into our own life and see areas that we need to adjust or change. Uh, maybe there are some things that we need to, uh, to straighten out in our own homes. And so help us. Uh, so bless now each family, each individual, and may you be glorified. For Christ's sake we pray, amen. Let's stand together.